Hey, Combo Nation, welcome to episode 375 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Today's show, Dave Dufour of The Athletic joins in to talk NBA Finals and more. A fantastic conversation with Dave. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA. That's D A V E D U F O U R N B A. Drop a comment wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Let me know how you feel about the show. Thank you to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe. You can find me on Twitter at Combo's Court, same name as the podcast, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. You know you can find me on Instagram at 12Combo, that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune into the show. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Can I call you West Coast Dave? Welcome back to Combo Sport, man. What's the vibes? <laughs> I mean, you can call me West Coast Dave now. Yeah. <laughs> Except, again, I've been, you know, led astray here. It's raining in Southern California. Yeah. Does it, like, change the creative process just being on the laid-back West Coast, or it's kind of the same thing for you? I mean, it's better. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I start the day earlier, right? Like, um, I'm, I'm, it's really interesting, actually. Um, there was an instant shift when I moved here. It's way better. I don't drive at all, which is awesome. Um, mm. But yeah, the vibe, the, I don't know, man, it's, it's different. It's a different sort of creative vibe. I'd say it's a lot of that because of the weather. Yeah, man. It, it's yeah. like 75 and sunny every single day. Mark. Shocked me that it was raining. I was, I got, I, <laughs> I got up. I didn't know it was going to rain. Cause I don't check the weather here. Um, I only literally, I only look at surf reports. I don't, I don't check the actual weather. So I was like, oh, rain. Wait, you, you surf? Yeah. You surf? Yeah. Oh, that, I read Steve, Stephen Kotler's book, and he talks about how, like, surfing gets you into great flow state. I mean, I, I don't know what name people put on it, but um, I don't know. Sometimes you just <laughs> want to cry when you're sitting on the, on the surfboard in the ocean alone. It's amazing, man. It's, like, um, awe-inspiring. Yeah. I'm a New Yorker. Because that thing can swallow yeah, I have to get out to the West Coast to do some surfing, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the NBA here. Here's my quick take on the finals. It's kind of like a condensed version of how I would describe this finals. I think the Celtics are the better two-way team, but I think the yeah. Warriors could hit a higher offensive peak if they're hitting on all cylinders and they have the best player in stuff. Curry, my prediction you could always see it on uh, my live shows with Coach Nick. I talk about it a lot. Was the Warriors in seven? It looks like it's still going in that direction, in my opinion. What are your biggest takeaways from this NBA Finals? I mean, I, dude, I think you nailed it. Um, I think Boston is a better team, but Steph Curry is just so much better than everybody else that it's it's been the difference maker. Um, the Celtics have they're a lesser offensive force than the Warriors because the Warriors know their identity and they stick to it. When we were all sitting here yelling, put the ball in Steph's hands, put the ball in Steph's hands, please, please, Steve Kerr, put the ball in Steph's hands. Well, they just stick to their identity because they know that if they can just keep poking, they're going to find the hole and they're going to blow it open. Right. Like this is that's the key to their offense. Their whole thing is we're, we're just searching for the weak spots in your defense 
And, and we're going to keep doing it until we find that weak spot. And we, maybe we don't, maybe there isn't one, but we're going to keep looking with Boston. The second they have too much success or not enough success, everything changes. They take too long to get into their sets. They, they slowly dribble the ball up, mm. right? Yeah. They yeah. start foul baiting when their offense falls apart. That's when Jason Tatum does his, you know, flailing arms, losing the ball in traffic and then sitting down pouting, you know, like a baby while the, while the ball and the refs and everyone else is running the other way. So I think that like you nailed it, but more specifically, if Boston would just stick to their identity on offense and stay in their stuff, they could end this in six. They could have won it in five because they are the better team, but identity matters in basketball. Most definitely. You mentioned Steve Kerr. We know the finals in the playoffs. It's a chess match. And then in game, it's like a high speed chess match at that. Um, what adjustments have you seen from both coaches? Well, Kerr has, I, I'll be honest with Kerr, it, it, his mostly has been rotation stuff, you know, mm. some, for some reason, only playing Looney 17 minutes in game three. Well, he corrected that Draymond, you just need him to play better. Right. Like there's not much you can do as far as the coaching goes, but I think Kerr's rotations have, have adjusted so far. He's looking for the right combinations. Gary Payton being back is huge for them. Jordan Poole. I don't know, man. I just don't think this is a Jordan Poole series. Mm. And then for Boston, it's been schematic stuff, but still like a lot of it's been just play better than you were in the game that we lost. Right. Like if for both teams, please play better. And I know that's like, it's not like a great answer, or at least it's not a, a juicy answer because there's not a lot of meat on the bone. But the truth of the matter is a lot of this has been, this team played better tonight. Wasn't really a lot of a change. And we probably aren't going to see a, a, a ton of schematic changes over the course of the next few days uh, or, you know, next few games. But I think that getting these guys up for the moment has been the, the biggest difference in the games, if that makes sense. Yeah, with, with perspective, don't you feel that um, Coach Ime is playing with house money at this point? I mean, he made the finals as a first-year coach. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> this is, uh, but it's funny. This like, is once, the time to, but once, like, they don't have anybody to try, though. See, this is the thing with Boston. Is that they're, they're top seven. Like, they're set. They are so good. It's not like the Warriors where they might mix it up and, like, throw Otto Porter Jr. in the starting lineup for some odd reason. Right. Yeah. Like they don't have to do that, which is both a luxury and a little bit of a curse because they don't have a curveball necessarily for them. It, it very much is we got to play better. I, I think the big change from them will be not playing Steph in a drop. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. bro. Well, he's kill he's killing Horford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Horford, though, has been so good. Oh, he's amazing. Right. Yeah, 100%. yeah. So they get Horford. Horford's always in a drop. But even Rob Williams stand in a drop and Steph Curry is going to walk right into a three there. So, I mean, it's interesting to just be like Steph is going to go off and we're going to live with that. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I could do it, man. You know, like. Yeah, it's almost like is Steph going to have an off game at some point? And if he doesn't, and then I think Clay will have a game. I think, I mean, Clay had a good second half last game, but then Clay will eventually have a full game, and then that'll really be problems for the Celtics. Oh, yeah. I mean, and when you look at how they start these games, right, they're looking for the knockout punch in the first quarter. No yeah. doubt. It's why they've been shooting like in the first quarter. Because mm -hmm. they are they are really looking to knock them out early. Like, they, they would like to be done 
before the third quarter. And I think getting getting Clay going in game five, that's the key, man. You got to build on what you've had the last couple games and and get him going. Because yeah. if, if like you said, man, if they get a Clay game, that's it. That's yeah. your one. You need one. You'd love to get it in game five instead of game six. Yeah. So if they if they get a clay game, man, that's that's a wrap. Um, shifting to Wiggins. First of all, do you think he's the second best player on this team? And second of all, do a lot of people owe him apologies? Well, all right. Yeah. I mean, I don't get into the apologies thing mostly <laughs> because. Well, here's my thing, man. Like criticism is is whatever. Now, I would say that people owe Andrew Wiggins apologies for some of the ways that they've talked about Andrew Wiggins. Right. 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 The low motor thing. Yeah. Man, get out of here, dude. Um, the story coming out about Ryan Saunders straining a muscle in his chest, yelling at Andrew Wiggins and not seeing any results from that, which, you know, I mean, you know, Coach Nick, positive coaching actually works, man. Yeah. Yelling definitely. at your players is bad. Good on Andrew Wiggins for yeah. being like that, man. And now he's in a, a, an environment that seem, it seems to be more suited to him. Like the guy's a thinker. Yeah. So, um, I don't know about apologies, but I would say maybe people should address the way that they discuss players. And well, right, yeah. no. because I mean, this guy's a, this guy's a number one pick, right? Like he's a freak athlete. He's a really good player and was in Minnesota. But yes, they think about that number one pick. They think about the max contract, and then all of a sudden he's garbage, which just was never true. The guy has been a good player. He's been a good player, not even just an average player, a good player. And a guy who can give you that kind of production, even on a bad team, can play for anybody. And then when he got to the Warriors, it was a perfect fit, man. They needed his athleticism. That was what they had been missing. They needed that guy. And when you consider that he might be one of the best defensive wings at guarding wings in the league, he's strong, he's wiry, he obviously is athletic, he does a great job staying attached, staying in front. Yeah, he's their second best player, man. Draymond has been such a zero on offense that you just can't you can't give it to him. And to be fair, outside of game two, I think his defense has been pretty bad. So, mm. I, I, yeah, Wiggins has been in this playoffs. He's been their best or second best player for the whole playoffs. Um, yeah. You mentioned some of your frustrations with Tatum. In my opinion, Jalen Brown has been a lot closer to Tatum's level for a long time now. And I would even say that, Jalen Brown has another huge leap in him, in my opinion. Like, this might sound crazy. I think he has a Kawhi-type leap in him because he is, in my opinion, a top five to seven athlete in the league. I think the ball handling is an issue for them, and that's something he could get better at. And if he works on that, I think the passing could get better. And I just believe, like, he has a higher potential than even Tatum, even Tatum, even though that Tatum's like the more skilled offensive player as of right now. It, it Jalen actually did tighten up his handle for a little bit and then, and then it, it went away. A little away. Bit. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know what that's about, but um, I mean, I I've been on the Jalen Brown train since he was drafted. I thought he was a great pick. You're right. He's one of the top 10 athletes in the league. And, and especially when you consider his size, right? Like he's Super, really big, but, and people don't talk about the athleticism. Like his, he is a crazy, all the, cause I think a Powerful, lot of times, man, yeah, I think a lot of times people just yeah. look at the jumping, but he his whole athletic profile is fast. Insane. He's a good straight line driver yes. also. And like you can see that when Draymond comes out to guard him. So Draymond can't guard Jalen Brown in space because oh, no. Jalen's can back up. And when he gets a full head of steam, he can just go around Draymond. That wasn't in his game when he first came up. 
Um, but I'm with you, man. Like, I think it's one A, one B with those two, and, and they're both great players. I mean, Tatum, man, if he can ever get away from the foul baiting bull, he'd be a much better player. I'm not sure who's in his ear telling him to to flip and flop all over the place. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff. There's some weird stuff with with Tatum's game that I just can't get. His shooting motion is very weird to me. It's got an unnatural this unnatural elbow tuck for yeah. some reason. Um, coach, uh, which I co- think co- Coach Nick talks about that a lot, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. I think that that leads to his inconsistency as a shooter, right? Because you miss left to right when you have to do weird stuff with your elbow. If you just turn his body a little bit, let that elbow, you know, be a little bit more natural, he'd be a better shooter. But again, this is like, you know, he works so much on individual moves. I think the biggest thing to come out of this playoffs for Jason Tatum has been his playmaking. You know, having that 13 assist game was huge. Part of that is having guys around you who can hit shots, right? Yeah. But the other thing is being able to find him. And Boston has needed that. And we've seen them get better as he's improved as a playmaker. I still think, you know, like he makes his money as a scorer. And we all think about him as a scorer. But I actually think that his defense is the thing that he's best at. He's a fantastic big wing defender. Yes. And yes. And his passing has gotten up to be almost equal with his scoring. I still have issues with the way he scores. I, I think when you when you rely that much on free throws, and again, man, he just loses the ball looking for calls. You yeah, gotta he- you gotta grow up. Right. You got to grow up. You got to get that out of your game. And, and once he does that, man, guy is an MVP candidate. I mean, hell is an MVP candidate, even with the warts. Imagine how great he could be if he just played basketball. And then to have Jalen Brown right next to that guy. Oh, man, Boston should be here next year. Yeah. I think sometimes Jason Tatum reverts to who he is when it comes to the tough twos. And when he gets tired, I think he even reverts more to that. And to your point, he didn't score a lot in game one. But I felt like, and they did great. The Celtics did great in game one. And then I felt like in game two, in his mind, he's like, I have to score. I have to score. And then that's when things got murky for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Just play basketball. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Come on, Dave. All right. Yeah. Free, free. Have you been paying attention to the draft or not really? Man, I'm like elbow deep in draft prep mm. because I, I have to just catch up, right? Like I'm too, I'm too in the, the day in, day out of the season to actually like know anything about these players that, that may or may not play next year. Right. Like it's just, I, I used to do, and I enjoy the draft because I actually prefer individual players scouting. Like that's kind of my thing. Like I'm, I mean, yeah, talked me, about too. This before. me too. Yeah. Like I'm good. I'm really good. I'm, I'm a coach, man. And so I'm good at identifying players, um, talent identification, but unfortunately, man, like the rigors of my job makes it so that, uh, I have to just do all this draft prep, basically starting the second week of the finals up to the draft. So I'm like catching up. There's a guy, there's a guy that I actually really like. I think he's going to be a second round guard. And maybe, you know, this guy, if you're doing draft stuff, Blake Wesley, Talk. what do you think about Blake Wesley? Is he a player? He's a player, right? Yeah, he's a player. He's definitely Notre a Dame. Second, second round still, but he might go late first. You don't know. He's a, look, man, but, that guy is going to score. I think. Yeah. So that's where I'm at on the draft. I've already found <laughs> my guy. I've already found my Marshawn Brooks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. here's, ooh, this guy's going to score. Um, and now I'm that, just working out the rest. Bo- Bones Highland was that guy for me last year. Well, like, Bones was my guy, man. VCU, right? Like, so oh. I, was, I was up on Bones immediately. And, it, oh, yeah, man. It was, it, was, it was crazy with him because he wasn't even on draft boards for second round early last year. I was like, what's going on? This guy is talented. 
And and you know what's funny, man, is I actually think his defense is going to improve. Yeah, I, I do. Well, like, yeah. he's so skinny, man. <laughs> he is, <laughs> but he so, has so a, he has a great mentality for basketball. Yeah. Well, he's never scared. That's that's yeah. how we roll at VCU, man. Never scared. Yeah. But my draft prep, man. I mean, look, like Chet Holmgren. I I, I know Chet. Like I, I've seen Chet for years. Uh, same with Paolo, man. Like I saw Paolo. First time I saw Paolo was 2018 USA uh, USA basketball mini camp in Colorado Springs, and he was like 15. And I remember talking to a scout that was there and saying, "Hey, I think this guy is going to be the first high schooler drafted in 2021," because you know we all thought back then that the high school uh, age limit thing would be over. And he was just he was a grown man at 15, and he was running the point. He was a big four running the point. I was just like, man, this guy's a player. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm probably higher on Paolo than anybody else that's, that's doing this stuff. I don't think, he, I don't know if he's a number one guy, mm. but I think he would be a fantastic number two for anybody. So I don't know, man. Um, my draft prep is kind of all over the place. I think the most interesting thing in the lottery is what the Kings do. Like, will it be jaded Ivy? Will it be shaded sharp? I think that's really interesting. To well, me. How about the fact that all of these guys are bigs, right? I mean, the top three outside well, of Ivy are bigs, man. And I think that when you look at the league, it's, it is, it's weird to me that everyone is still chasing the bigs. And well, I'm not saying that these guys can't play because whole shit can play. Two MVP candidates, though, right? The two top guys were well, right? I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but we did this whole thing on Nerder about bigs being dead. Bigs are dead. Bigs are dead. Uh, I don't know, man. Rob Williams is a big, bro. You know how trends are. Like, once you were yeah. one way, then you take advantage the other way. Like, everybody's wearing baggy clothes, and, you know, it looks cool to wear skinny clothes, and everybody's wearing And now clothes. everybody's back to baggy. I'm exactly. never going back to baggy. Listen, I never was on baggy in the first place, because who wants all that extra weight? Oh, yeah, I'm done with baggy for the rest of my life. I think, man. But not super remember, slim either. But not super slim. You can't have the, that tight jeans. Like, I mean, be. yeah, please. Like, I mean, it's not the 1980s, right? Like, <laughs> you know, have some space. Well, hopefully people aren't skipping leg day, right? Like, I can't oh, wear can't tight day. jeans, right? Can't, like, can't, You can't skip leg day. Yeah, can't it's not it. possible. NBA, <laughs> NBA free agency. I mean, we got Aiden, Levine, Brunson. Uh, we talked about Harden and Kyrie enough, so we don't even have to talk about that. I mean, but, uh, are those guys, I mean, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Nah, they're not. So, yeah, let's talk about these three. I mean, what interests you out of those three guys and any, like, landing spots that you think would be great for them? The Aiton thing, as far as just being a fascinating sort of process, Aiton is fascinating. Yeah. Because it, it looks like he doesn't want to be there, which is weird. Well, what because, hap- Well, it happened because of the Max, right? The, well, the, non, the non-Max. Maybe, right? But it seems like there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't really know the, the full – uh, totality of, but okay. there's role issues for him. He wants, you know what I mean? He wants a bigger part of the offense and you, you got, know, C- like, you got CP three and Devin Booker. I mean, and- right. Um, the NBA is very like, know your role. And Aiton is a, is probably a contract max player, right? Like he is probably earned at, at his age, a max contract. Like yeah, he's just yeah. productive He's, I think he's going to be better, right? He's so, like the defense is so much better. Proven, um, prove, proven in big games. Made it to the finals. Yeah. Um, he's a little soft as, as a player, you know, like he doesn't play with a lot of force and you want that to improve, but he's a max player. Now, internally, the Suns are a little bit cheap. 
But if the Suns don't view him as a max player, I think that does hurt his market everywhere else. But some team is going to look at a very good player who's, you know, tw- what is he, 23? Yeah. You know, yep, like, yep. I mean, good grief, man. He's one of the most beautiful athletes in the league, right? Like you watch it. He's graceful when he runs up and down the court. That little jump hook. It's a bucket, man. I mean, he's like 70% clip. So he's going to get a max contract. It's whether the Suns are going to match it or not. That's the fascinating thing to me because, man, JaVale is really good. And I think they could probably bring JaVale back. Uh, Biombo. He really great. is good. Hey, I have a crazy JaVale take. I think in the right situation, he could have been an all-star. Bro, no, absolutely. JaVale was probably the Warriors' best center when he right. was there. Right. right. Like, he should have been getting all the run in the finals. Uh, JaVale is a, is a fantastic player. And if you remember, it was just the dumb stuff that he did as a kid that hung with him for his whole career, man. This is what I'm talking about with, you know, how we talk about players like Wiggins. People call that guy dumb. Talking about JaVale. They called him a dumb player. No, man, he's experimental. LaMelo does some of this. I mean, it's in the moment. Some of the stuff that he did was so goofy, but he was trying stuff, man. And that's what you want out of a player. So I'm a big JaVale McGee fan. I just like the guy as a dude, Um, but I'm a big fan of JaVale (laughs) McGee. I think if you're the Suns, you look at the productivity that you've gotten out of every center that's played with CP3 and Devin Booker, all of them. Yeah. And you just probably don't value that position as much. And so, you know, maybe they work out a sign and trade. And he gets his max and they get something in return. That's where I see this going. Like, I actually think it's going to wind up being a sign and trade situation. And he's not in Phoenix next year, which I don't think Phoenix misses a beat without him. Not that he's not Mm. a good player and not, not that he hasn't been productive for them, but I just think their system can, can just, you can plug another center. I mean, we've seen it. Aiton missed a bunch of time this year. They didn't miss a beat. So I think that that's where, where they're coming from. Also, you know, they're cheap. Yeah, But Aiton is fascinating. L- Levine, come on, man. He's going back to Chicago. Well, that makes sense, I think, for him, right? I mean, well, I, I just, I can't see, I, I don't know, man. I can't see him leaving. I, as hard as Bleacher Report or whoever else is pushing for him to go to L.A. Well, actually, I, I don't know. Actually, that's yeah. his agency. We, uh, you know, we know what his agency's doing. Well, I mean, is it the people around him? that feel like he's not the main guy there and that's maybe a reason for him to leave or. I mean, look, man, you're he's, he's the main guy. DeMar DeRozan is like just a veteran, right? That's the difference. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, right? Like Michael Jordan was the main guy. Scotty Pippen did a lot. I think that's how you should, like, you know, not to go straight to the bulls, but I think if you're Zach Levine, you should feel like, all right, I'm the primary guy. I have DeMar. Not that DeMar takes away from me. I mean, you know, like Levine's numbers were great this year. And yeah. it, it and I don't know, man. DeMar was awesome. I, I think having a DeMar is such an, a luxury. But um, I don't know what he would want instead to lose. Yeah. I don't know. The Mavs are really interesting to, to me. And I feel like the league is going away from heliocentric type offense revolving around one guy. But I think Luka is one of those guys that could actually work with because he's so talented. Um, for him, I think it depends. I, I, I think he's the MVP if he comes in shape next year, in my opinion. Um, what do you feel the team needs are for them? I mean, Rudy Gobert would solve mm. every problem for them, mm. I think. Like, you know, they they need some rim protection. Um, you know, if Maxi could could just be Maxi that we saw 
uh, against Utah. Maxi. Maxi Kleba. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you talking about you. I was like, not Tyrese Maxi. No, no, no. But by the way, you were, by, by the way, you were really high on Maxi way back when I had you on. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Again, individual players like that's my that's my bread and butter. Um, but yeah, uh, if Maxi Kleba can, you know, regain his confidence, his form, and and be that because defensively, man, I actually think Maxi Kleba underrated if he played more that's a second team all defensive guy to me uh with the way that like as a big man he's pretty special as a defender um it, it doesn't look it doesn't pop because he's not this great athlete but he's very stout and, and really has great feet so he's great as their small ball guy but they need somebody who can just protect the rim and just make it easier for him right now like their defense has to operate at such a high level all it's it's you know, it's not like Boston. Boston has Rob Williams. Rob Williams erases mistakes. Yes. And, and I think they need a mistake eraser. And, and that would just – it would just elevate their defense uh, to, to a point where they don't have to effort so much, and these guys aren't running out of gas when you get to playoff time. See, this is the luxury that Utah has not taken advantage of. R- Rudy Gobert gives you a top-five defense just by being there, right? Mm-hmm. Look at how awful their perimeter defense is, their point of attack defense. It sucks. And Rudy Gobert drags them to the top five, top 10 in defense. What you need is the ability, like the Mavericks have, to get to the playoffs and then flip a switch and be able to go higher effort, more switching, go small, go big, have that flexibility. Dallas suffered from not having a credible big. Uh, on both ends, I I think um, Maxi he started doing his his job and he hit some shots, but they need somebody who can be more consistent. Uh, feel, a pick and roll partner, you know you, what I mean? Do you feel that they could get somebody that provides some of that rim protection? Obviously, it won't be to Rudy's level, but also space it. Because don't you think it benefits Luke to have five out offense most of the time? I mean, yeah, most of the time, but you can't play that way eighty two games. That's true. And you need to be able to mix it up when it's not working. And that was an issue for them. When the shots don't fall, they lost. So they need a, like, I don't know, man, like a a, a credible rim runner would be fantastic for them. Like Marquise Chris, when he, when he got Mm -hmm. to, he was going great. Why is that? He did. It's wide open because it's Luca, you know? Yeah, it did. You mentioned uh, Scottie Pippen and, uh, Let's let's finish with Scottie Pippen because I was actually thinking about this today. Is Scottie the greatest defender to ever live? I know Draymond said he was right, right recently. Yeah. All right. You know my dog is named after Scottie Pippen. No, I didn't know that. So I maybe <laughs> okay, okay. maybe I got your answer. I mean, look, um, I think Draymond's the greatest defender to ever play in the NBA. Over Scottie. Yeah. I mean, at his peak, right? And with Scottie, it was it's more like if we had seen Scottie in this era. Maybe I get to say something else, but back then, Scotty, Scott, like the the defense was different, man. And Scotty yeah. didn't have to; like, he didn't have to play center. Draymond Green is six five, and has been a top three playoff center for the last six years. Right, that makes no sense. And with Scotty, we just have never see, we never saw it. He was never put in that position. I think that like this is where the era stuff matters. Um, and I also, let's be, let's be honest, man. I was like a teenager. I was a kid watching Scottie Pippen. I wasn't watching it the same way. Now, when I go back and I see this stuff, which is very rare because I like to live in the moment, I'm impressed with Scottie Pippen. 
And Scottie Pippen would, man, he would be, a, I mean, top five player in the league right now. You 100%. know who Scottie Pippen? Jalen Brown, which is what I've been saying. Better, pa- better, be- better passing Jalen Brown. Yeah, but yeah, I've been yeah. saying that. But Scotty and Scotty came in. Remember, he was a point guard, right? So yeah, Jalen was a power forward in college. Like he's just now getting these reps. Uh, but I've been saying Jalen Brown reminded me of Scotty Pippen forever. So uh, to answer your question, Draymond Green is the greatest defensive player I've ever seen, and uh, that counts. I mean, I'm counting Kevin Garnett yeah. in there. Like he he's better than Garnett to me. Um, I just, you've never seen anything like it. The guy can guard one through five and not just guard shut down. And he's mm-hmm. six, five. Now I know he's got the stand and reach and he's got the wingspan and all that, but is he really only six, five seems yeah, taller man. than that. No, nah, I mean, look at him next to Steph. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He's, I mean, maybe he's six, six, I don't know. But <laughs> six, six, five sounds better. That's why I never understood Michael Jordan rounding up to six, six. Yeah. Have you seen the Ric Flair all workout videos recently? No, man. Oh, you got to go working out. Yo, he's like pushing sleds. It was amazing. You got to You got to check that out. I mean, my guy, I, I wish he would just retire. This man, professional wrestlers just can never retire. They Stone Cold, good... wait, I didn't get to watch Stone Cold. He wrestled recently, right? I guess. Oh, yeah. I've been paying attention. No, man. I Look, man, we got the <laughs> NBA. This is like probably my favorite NBA season of all time. It, all time. it was so chaotic, man. Like we didn't know who the champion was going to be. We didn't even know who was going to make the finals. 100%. And look at what we got, man. This has been awesome. It's back and forth. I don't know, man. I'm having a great time. So I have not. And I also just not online because I live at the beach. Uh, right. Very, very, so, very important. Very important. Yeah, so uh, I didn't see Ric Flair working out. Now I'm going to have to go look at it now. So have you been limiting your screen time out in the West Coast? Is that going not on? Not on purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the ocean is my backyard. So, like, I, I just spend a lot of time out there. Very it's important. Awesome. Very important. Yeah. All right. Got to get outside. Touch some sand. Touch some grass. Most definitely. That's what we're meant to do. All right, Dave. Yeah. Uh, you're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Uh, I guess we can find you on the beach, but I meant uh, more yeah. on social media. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me on the beach. No, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, at Dave Before NBA on Twitter, and you know all my stuff's at the Athletic. Man, I'm, I'm you know Easy very very happy. Yeah, 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 very happy that everyone can find me exclusively at the Athletic. Also, you know what, man? SportsBusinessClassroom.com. We got mm. Sports Business Classroom coming up. In Las Vegas, you're going to be embedded in a it's a basketball educational experience. Like we teach people how to scout, teach the salary cap, the CBA, teach media and broadcasting, which has become, as you know, more and more important for everyone trying to work in basketball. Because at some point you're going to be unemployed (laughs) and, you (laughs) you know, and you need to know how to do, you know, how to do a podcast, how to do write an article, how, you know, and and we're we're not going into the nuts and bolts, but more of the importance of it and and how to actually get started. Um, But sportsbusinessclassroom.com, if you use promo code SBC, you get $300 off. Go and check it out. I mean, Larry Kuhn teaches you the salary cap in the CBA. Like, that's pretty good. So we got that coming up uh, in in Summer League in Las Vegas, like literally in the guts of Summer League. So check that out at sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Amazing. That's awesome. Combo may or may not be in Vegas. We'll see. He goes every year. We'll, we'll I hope year. so. Yeah. <laughs> Talk soon, Dave. Thank you. Hell yeah, man. Thank you for tuning in to episode 375 of Combo's Court. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Big thanks to Dave for joining in. We appreciate you. And leave a comment. Let me know how you feel about the show wherever you tune in 
to the pod. Share this episode. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You could share it on your IG stories and tag me on there at one combo That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 376. Combo out.